0: And
1: it makes just makes so mad talking about oh you that Atlanteans are keeping the plutonium. John, you in the military. You a cop for space. You know exactly how this works. We're not just giving the
2: cop he's that a firefighter. The Jedi. <sighs> and he's a marine he's a marine. You're supposed to be doing the right thing. Of course he goes down and checks the ship for the plutonium. It's gone. That was Arthur's story. Oh, still silly? But at the Atlanteans, exactly. The, the king one. Why doesn't he have his people under control? Why do y'all even have nuclear weapons? That's not that important. <laughs> <laughs> like, <sorry. laughs> like. everybody to another episode of another relaunch i am johnny storm human torch oh i am Lorena marquez aka aqua girl oh okay yes yeah, a throwback, a throwback.
1: Like i was doing some rereading i'm gonna talk about it later
2: but uh that's my girl i miss her yeah we are gonna be talking about the aqua corner later that's for sure um how are you
1: I'm doing well. It is like scorching hot outside, so I'm avoiding the weather completely. It's like ninety, but you know we get a lot of humidity, so yeah, it feels like Ooh. a and it's nasty. And so I was like, you know, let's turn the air on. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Thank you. It's so, how are you? Seventy degrees out here, and uh-huh. is it still cloudy? I wish it was a little warmer. Yeah, it's been cloudy too.
1: I don't I know, see. that's a little bit You know, so you know, my birthday is next week. And yeah. I have been thinking about this is gonna sound weird. I've been thinking about death, but not in a way that, like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> not in a way of like I'm dying, but like in a way of life and like everything that's come before us and just like a little, you know, a little bit of an existential crisis, if you will. <laughs> yeah. This and is like the plot of Barbie, yeah, and then I was watching this documentary <laughs> on Netflix. It's called Cunk of the Earth. It's just talking about like history and all the things that we've gone through. And I got to like cavemen and dinosaurs and all that stuff. And I was like, yo, it was crazy that people really used to be cavemen. just grunting at each other. Yeah, <laughs> like that's insane Literally. to me. <laughs> And I just had, like, a moment with that, and it just started taking me back, and I was just like, wow. I was like, what are the people in, like, 700 years going to be doing? Are they going to think we're cavemen? I mean, we kind of are. I mean, yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy. Absolutely. They're going to look at us. They're going to find, like, the paintings and our history. They're going to find, like, a CD and be like, what is this?
2: People do that now. (laughs) (laughs) Have you seen people, a kid, try to like use a record player or like anything from the nineties?
1: And that's crazy because that isn't that old where you should be acting. <laughs>
2: but the reaction videos are kind of funny. I've seen some of those where the kids are trying to use like a like a tape player. Mm. They never seen any of that before, or like, like a floppy disk.
1: You know what I never got to have
2: a beaver. Wow. Yeah. Did you want one? I did, like
1: so bad. <laughs> I wanted so bad. Like you cannot tell me that they were not the hottest thing in the world. I wanted a beeper so bad. Not <laughs> I was so upset. You I- should get one now. I bet they probably still <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly, and the crazy thing is, I honestly can't even like tell you how a beeper worked. Like I don't remember anything about it, but I just remember I wanted one. But I was always too young, and then by the time I really got like old enough to have that type of stuff, nobody had beepers anymore. Beepers honestly was dying out by the time I wanted one. Yes,
2: beepers were not around (laughs) like that for us. (laughs) I feel like a beeper is used like it was like pre-texting. Yeah, I just,
1: I wanted what's so (laughs) bad. I was like, I "I want a beeper. I just knew I was going to have a beeper. I was like, I was younger. I used to always say, I was like, I'm going to be 18. I was going to get an expedition truck. That was my like dream. Oh my God. (laughs) Expedition, and I was going to have my beeper, and I was just going to be like driving around the city.
2: (laughs) Neither of those things exist anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Wow, I really wanted a two-way pager when I was younger. Like, I really wanted a a, a two-way so badly. <laughs> I never got one. But I did get a sidekick, and that was... The sidekick was, was, was
1: the absolute moment. I'll never get... So I didn't have a cell
2: phone for a very long time.
1: And I was using one of my friend's phones to, like, call home one day from school on the bus. And so one of my friends was like, "Hey, why don't you got a cell phone yet? And so I'm, like, on the phone cousin. I'm like, because my mother effing mother says she won't give me a effing phone. Da-da-da. And I'm oh. like... Oh. <laughs> my aunt like picked up the phone and she's just listening to me, <laughs> and all I hear is Come on, "Why are you cussing like that?" And I was like, "What?
0: <laughs> Terrible!"
1: And then when now. I, then I finally got my sidekick and everything was good. I was like, "Okay." And then I got like, "Oh my god! Did you have a razor?"
2: I did. Yes. <laughs> I did. I was hot. That was. That was hot. That was hot. That was hot. <laughs> that was hot. Oh. Flip.
1: Yeah. Flip when that's you hot. can hang up on when you can hang up on somebody with the flip. That was the good thing back in the day. It was just like, mm-hmm. I miss that. iPhone. T nine, texter? <laughs> Whoa.
2: We've
1: come so far, and like we used yeah. to be pavement, and that's what I've been thinking about. And there we go, bringing it a full
2: circle. <laughs> All right, y'all, well, let's go ahead and get into the updates of the week. Um, some interesting developments have come out recently. Uh, that's I guess we can kind of talk about uh, Sydney Sweeney has confirmed that she will be Julia Carpenter in the Madam Web movie. Um, Dakota Johnson will be, be playing Cassandra Webb, a paralyzed mutant whose clairvoyant abilities allow her to see into the spider world. Um, so they're going to be, like, working together, being spider characters together. Um, are you a big fan of the Julia Carpenter version of... Woman.
1: Yes, I love Julian Carpenter.
2: She's actually my favorite Spider
1: Woman. Her and Jessica, yes, like, Jessica kind of like trade spots every now and again. The thing about Julia, she doesn't get used very often. Obviously, Jessica Drew is like the Spider Woman that a lot of people know, but like I loved uh, Julia back from like those Force Works days. I'll never forget during the, I I the Civil War when they were doing registration, Carol and Wonder Man came to arrest her and like she hit Carol with a car. That was hot. <laughs> 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 I love. She showed up in this one Spider-Man arc. Um, I think it was the Craven Hunt, where he, his him and his family were like hunting all the spider people and killing them. I heard that she was really cool in that. I think the she Mad- was Madame Web-, Web at that point, right? Well, so that's what changed her into Madame Web. Yeah. And so, like, I wasn't actually like here for the whole Madame Web thing in the beginning. I was kind of like, this is weird. But I think it's just because it was so different. But I really came to grow to love it. And I think the whole like future Spider. She has psionic webbing, so it's like she's. Yeah. I like this kind of thing going with her. The costume, her Arachne costume, is like, hot. like absolutely hot. One of the best things I've ever seen. One of the best costumes. I'll never forget when they gave it to that Anya girl. I was like, don't do that again. But
2: <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. Oh, I guess I, I guess I didn't realize that I only liked it because I liked that costume.
1: Exactly. She had her and like no shades. Her like. I like Arana, but, she, uh, but she had her own identity. She wasn't Spider-Girl. She was, you know, Arana. Like, lean into that. That was hot. Don't give her my girl's costume. Give it back to her.
2: You know, I have to say that Julia Carpenter is my Spider-Woman. Sorry, Jessica. That's just how it is for me. Ah, oh, I... Yeah, so, like, um... Y'all know I started reading comics, like, when I was a kid, and I started with, um, a bunch of these, like, volumes that my dad had given me, a lot of the stuff from the X-Men during the like great giant size era. That's where all these uh, volumes for me started. But then also I had Secret Wars and that was, I read that like religiously when I was a kid, so many times over and over and over again. And that's where Julia Copperwinter was was introduced because she was from like this other universe, I think in Denver, um, from that patchwork world in uh, Secret Wars. And I thought instantly, cool i liked her psionic webbing and then later she joined um uh avengers west coast avengers so she was yeah. over there with the wonder man and all that kind of stuff that she was cool it. but then i do remember when they kind of made her madam webb i felt like at the time it was because she like there was already so many spider characters and she really needed some kind of lane for her to have that was different than everybody else like they had Jessica Drew. They were at the time also trying to introduce Aranje. So like, she needed know, something
1: I don't think I thought about it that hard. I was just like, oh, damn, I got <laughs> But it was like worth it because I had Julia in it. And I remember Michael Lark was doing the art and I really enjoyed his art at the time. And so I was just, like, I just remember thinking like, oh, this is weird. So she blind now and yeah.
2: Uh, i guess i didn't realize that you had never really been in the spider corner i was already like a big spider-man fan yeah, no nah, so i know about that i was just like oh this is different
1: but oh, I she's
2: appreciate- like the center of it all
1: yeah but like and that was the thing i came to like i really appreciate but i was like oh she kind of like running this and she was like mm-hmm. to- <laughs> she had her like fighting skills and stuff like that she was still with her daughter and like being her mom um i actually think she kind of like ended up getting her sight back at some point in time for a little bit and mm-hmm. They've been working and it'd be cool
2: like she'll be talking her daughter. She'll That's be like, because the blinder blind was unnecessary like <laughs> <laughs> they, only made, they only made her blind because the old Madame Webb was also blind so mm-hmm. like so
1: it was cool I, I would like her and her, and mad her to get a different suit though I think like the red trench and stuff is cool but I think I would like to see her do something a little bit more different there's actually I believe an animated version of her that has her original Arachne costume but it's red Instead of oh
2: yeah! Oh yeah! I do like that.
1: For her. And so, like, I think something like that would be cool because she's been getting back out
2: into the field a little bit more. From what I hear, I Reading spider So it's interesting that Sydney Sweeney will be playing this Julia Carpenter character because they gave the abilities to this other Cassandra Webb character, who is, or maybe not. Maybe Julia is going to be the follow-up because Dakota Johnson is playing Cassandra Webb, who has the like clairvoyant powers in this movie and Julia Carpenter will just probably be Spider-Woman so maybe this is about how she will you know take over the mantle of whatever Cassandra is I how I feel about this movie I'm not gonna lie to you I'm not a huge Dakota Johnson
1: fan. I do like Sydney Sweeney and I do like the other two girls it feels like a girls girls movie which is like right up my alley but I don't know I
2: don't know yeah. if, it, if it's funny if it's it's probably just Sony. I think it's Sony. And I'm not sure how. I mean, I did see Across the Spider Verse and Into the Spider Verse is perfect. So, like, the animated stuff isn't bad, but. <laughs> oh, and <laughs> I know it's, <laughs> it's controversial with some of the fans, but I like the Tom Holland Spider Man movies, but those are also done in conjunction with the MCU. This Spider, this Madame Web movie is just Sony. So, I don't know. And when they are on their own, that's how we get. It. They also movies. need to bring yeah. back the silver and black movie with Silver Sable and um,
1: Black Cat. Yeah, Black Cat. That Gino was gonna do. That was gonna be high
2: Well, we're not sure. Sony's <laughs> got a lot of things they gotta work out over there. i Craven movie coming too.
1: That, uh, well, that white boy. He people like him. He's hot. But silver and black. That's what we need. Yeah.
2: They need to do a little bit of restructuring over there. But again, I think it's wild that Spider-Man is so goaded that if you could make an entire universe, off of just his characters. So they just need to figure out how to properly I'm just gonna try They're going to keep trying. you got the material. Um, also, we've learned that uh, Jeff Loveness will no longer be writing the Avengers Kang Dynasty movie. And uh, this... Decision was made before the recent strike happened, um, and it seems like, you know, Marvel's kind of kind of going in a different direction from Jeff Loveless. He was the one who wrote the uh, Doctor Strange sequel, and he was going to be doing the follow-up to, uh, with King at uh, Dynasty. So, I'm sorry, uh, did he write uh, Quantumania?
0: I mean, I get the line on him, child. I mean,
2: either one of those. I okay, t- he take that back. He, it was not uh, the Doctor Strange sequel. It was Mania, and he was going to do Ken Dynasty. Ooh. I personally think it's for the best that Marvel is deciding to move on from him. No offense to him and his writing skills. Clearly, you write movies. I'm not, so... um But I do think that it's probably best for them to shift into a different direction. I think, again, the strike right now is giving them a chance to kind of rework some things as they make these proper negotiations to kind of pay the writers. I mean, for example, do we even really need a Kang dynasty?
1: I mean, we might not even need a Kang at this point.
2: (laughs) So they might need to just go ahead and figure out how they're even gonna restructure their universe first before they bring someone in to kind of write this bigger movie uh, so let them take some time to figure it out from there um, uh, there were some echo rumors again again i know that people were kind of interested in seeing this show but from what i'm hearing there were extensive reshoots for it um they had to reshoot like the entire thing after they submitted everything and had to had it reviewed because it just was not very interesting, I guess. Um, Originally, there were eight episodes. And after having it reviewed, allegedly, they got cut down to six. Um, They were really going to make it. They were really only going to make it four. But I guess the showrunner was able to kind of fight back for six episodes. Again, this show will follow Echo, as she is kind of discovering these new abilities that she has back in her hometown. I feel like a show like Echo, I'm just going to say it, I don't think everybody needs a solo show. I think Echo would have been great in a, you know, a Defenders or something like that.
1: I think Echo I would think-
2: have been fine
1: showing up in Daredevil as a supporting character, as she is. <laughs> and I think, like the feel of like, but I, I mean, I think that's and the MCU problem in general, they're overpacking the deck and giving everybody everything, like we're getting Covenant of uh, Chaos too, you know, I don't think that was something that was necessarily needed, but it's here. And it's just interesting, like the projects that are getting moved forward with like super quick and those that we've heard about and have kind of disappeared, like remember when they talked about doing the Midnight Angel show for the Girls of Wakanda, you know, and I think that's something that you can actually make an 8 series show about as opposed to like, hopefully not this echo story of seemingly following her getting like
2: phoenix like abilities some or some kind of powers that they give her probably clairvoyancy or some kind of ability um her kind of discovering how to use those back in her
1: the MCU is going to give you what you
2: want and then they're going to take it
1: away yep
2: (laughs) it's what they're good at um all right y'all well then that is all the updates we kind of had this week let's go ahead and take a break and then we'll come right back (laughs) Hey. 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 <laughs> oh, that is funny. That's crazy. And this
1: is so crazy when you think about hope and Messiah complex how much I actually love that story, but how much yeah, it is so bad. <laughs> one of my favorite characters it was the downfall
2: but it was also such a good story it was a fun story i personally prefer second coming over messiah complex um but it was a fun story <laughs> i remember it back in the day thinking a lot of my faves got hit during that because that's when nightcrawler died in second coming he did yeah that was epic that was epic it was good it was good we need oh. more of that Maybe
1: one day. Well, all right, guys. Welcome back to another week, another pool of comics. Um, a couple of quick shots for the week. The DC Pride special came out. And I think the DC Pride specials are always, like, really fun and really good. I think they do a good job at, A, cementing whatever letter of the LGBT that the character claims, and it also puts them in situations where you feel like it's going to be picked up on later on like it's a part of their story like we just happen to mention that they are ace or arrow or whatever you know let's say like that but this is actually what's going on and i've always appreciated about them some really good ones went and they give them like real missions and stuff for them to actually do connor and tim drake were in there talking to each other that friendship's kind of being reinstated dreamer got one they introduced a couple of new characters there were some great pinups all throughout pick it up it was going to be it was amazing um barbarella the sinner that cannot hold number four came out this week I'm always going to shout out to the girls. Put to that, like, Barbarella. Um, I, I tweeted about the book as well, and some people were like, oh, I didn't know they made Barbarella comics. I love that movie. I was like, yeah, get into it. Here we go. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Um, Captain America, Symbol of Truth number 13 came out. That's the next part of the Cold War event. So I don't know if you remember earlier, I had told you that when it was starting, Sam and Steve were kind of operating on kid gloves so they wouldn't get into a fight. This issue, they got into the fight. <laughs> I knew it was happening. <laughs> oh, you know, it was the big thing for them. So that was really fun to see. Captain America books are coming to an end. Um, the whole oh. War event's going to end soon. Then they're going to have the big 750th issue special that's going to feature, like, all of the current writers. And then a new Steve Captain America series is going to be picked up. I'm not going to get into that right now because it's going to make me mad. But... <laughs> always taking it back, child. Always taking it. Back. Undefeated. And then um, also, Spider Man Dark Genesis number five came out. That was the end. The Spider Man, excuse me, Spider Man 2099. Dark Genesis, number five, came out, and that was the ending of this mini that Miguel has. Uh, Steve Orlando's been writing these books. I actually really kind of like the stuff that he's been doing in the 2099 universe, but the art on each series has kind of been, like, not the yeah. best, and so I feel like that's what's been hindering me and, like, taking it down. But some good reads, quick shots. Uh, getting into the main books, we'll start off with LZ and his reread, uh, Annihilation, Nova, number three, from Admonit and Lanning, and Kev
2: Walker. and tell us what you yes. All right, so the last issue, um, Nova, Drax, and Kammy were trying to get off of Xandar from it being after it had been destroyed, and they got into the ship. Uh, Nova used his powers to open this like wormhole, and they almost crash landed on this planet, but Quasar caught them. So this issue opens up, and it's all about like Quasar coming and kind of joining the team a little bit. Um, him and Drax do not get along. Drax has an, a a reputation throughout the galaxy. You know, he's Drax the Destroyer. Um, So Quasar is like, "Mm, I'm not really feeling him right now. Uh, But he's like, you know, you guys are on this planet. I forget the name of it. It was called. um, It's a weird space name. That's not important. The thing is, it's like a refugee place where all of the people who have been ransacked by the Annihilation Wave have pretty much been coming to this planet. And Quasar has been protecting them. And uh, what I really liked about this was, uh, while they're trying to get people off the planet, there's a moment where Quasar and Nova have a conversation where they're like, "We've got a bunch of like engineers here. They're gonna start building Stargates so we can start getting people off of this planet and getting people other places." I like that as a like a plot point because when you have something on this large of a scale and all these refugees, you know, on a planet, there has to be like enough people <laughs> to who could build something and help everybody out. But while they're having this conversation, um, no Quasar tells them, you know, if you use your powers, we could be done a lot faster because it's gonna take them like about five days to make a Stargate. Would it be better if you could make like a big one with your like Nova Force abilities? Um, Before they can even continue on, of course, there ends up being an attack and uh, quasar and nova jump into action they go into space Quasar does this really cool thing he uses his, his uh, quantum energy and makes his big force field to protect this uh warship that had landed on there earlier who was going to be kind of like a backup support for them he used his powers to uh, protect the ship from all this blast while nova was attacking the ship and helping everybody out and he finally opened a big wormhole for everybody to kind of escape and get through then They're like, all right, well, let's just, like, get rid of this enemy for a second. Of course, because Nova used this big burst and opened up this uh, wormhole Annihilus. It picked up on his scanners, and he's like, what is this over there? Let's just do a warp jump. I want to go see what's going on, all this energy. And he shows up, and he's about to, like, destroy everybody. So um, I'm interested to see. Well, I kind of know what's going to happen on the next issue because I know what happens. (laughs) but this. I don't think I actually read this specific issue back when I was first reading Annihilation, um, because some of this was new to me. I actually really enjoyed Quasar in this. He's my favorite cosmic character. Um, and just seeing him be a hero, it was funny. There was a p- moment where he introduces himself and Drax is like, you know, at one point, I used to wear a cape, that does not make you a hero. And uh, Quasar was like, I know, that's why I'm out here protecting these people. That's what it does. So <laughs> I appreciate him kind mm-hmm. of. Bucking back against uh, Drax and his like pessimism um, and Quasar just really being a protector of the universe and protecting these people they initially start with you know I have to protect these refugees while uh, Drax keeps saying no we should be preparing to fight because whatever is out there is going to definitely make its way here and we should be prepared for that and Quasar is like well we still got to protect these people so they have a little bit of a you know, some conflict there, while Nova is just around looking stupid because he just—I was about to say—I thought the <laughs> miniseries was about Nova. What's he doing the whole time? <laughs> looking dumb, just like afraid to use his abilities. He is like Drax is around to kind of help him a little bit to kind of like mentor him, but he just is, you know, he's just is—you know—he's still shook up, I guess, from the Xandar attack. But he did oh. open the wormhole. He died. That's right. Yeah, everybody oh, did. Die. About like being sad. Yeah. Got it, got it. The got whole it. planet did die, and all of the Nova Corps are dead except him.
1: Mm. He saw it. That's Remember,
0: depressing. that
2: lady got her head blown off while he was trying to fly through that debris. I guess that would make you kind of depressed for a few issues. How long is it supposed to be, four issues? Five? This is four issues. Well, this event is like 12 issues long, but we have just went through his four-issue mini. But he's a part of the entire event, right? is it? Him? Yes, basically. Oh. I think he follows through everybody's mini. I've never read the Star-Lord one, so I don't know if he shows up there, but I think that's next. Yeah, that's gonna be good, I'm ready. I'm coming back into it with that for
1: you. But yeah,
2: I, I enjoyed this issue. Uh, there were some moments where the art looked a little weird. Sometimes their faces looked a little off when they were trying to like show them straining, using their abilities or something like that. But for the most part, like it was still pretty good. Very big cosmic stuff. I'm still enjoying the story. I really like Annihilation, it's one of my favorite Marvel events. Okay. Well, shout out to I him. think also one of my favorite like tropes. I love a plan to be destroyed. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> and I love a <laughs> I love a villain who comes through and just wreck shop and mm-hmm. who kind of wins. I like that. Okay. Especially one with like a big horde and kind of destroy everything off. and wipe everybody genocide. out. <laughs> <laughs> little genocide practice.
1: Okay. <laughs> Well, moving on. (laughs) (laughs) The authority number five from Warren Ellis and Brian Hitch, and yes, this has been *Night of Apollo*. I'm excited.
2: Okay, so um, this was the, like, I guess follow-up issue after the wrap-up issue previously from the the Gamora Island arc. So, like, now the heroes are all back in the ship. They actually have this really cool uh, moment where they see on the outside this place called, Because you know, their ship, like, to make it seem like it's everywhere all at once, it's always traveling through these different dimensions. And every issue so far, there's always a description of, like, what dimension they're in this time. And this time they were in the Mind Barrier Reef is what they were flying over. And you see all these heads on this barrier reef that look like like coral, kind of. And it's actually a place where latent telepaths grow and grow their powers, like in their, sleep. it's like that universe or something. So I thought that was kind of cool looking. Um, but this issue opens up and they're showing this like crazy horned villain who is named um, Albion. And he is like this crazy guy who's going to be, kill me, kill everybody. So uh, we see that he is nobody to be played with. <laughs> he smashed some man's head in. And then we travel to the authority, and of course, I don't know what Warren Ellis has against LA, but a <laughs> portal, a portal opens in LA again, and like a big invasion force comes through, and it looked like it looked like the Captain Britain Corps. It's a bunch of like British looking knights on in ships and stuff. It's iconic. The so <laughs> they come, they come through. There's also these like alien warships. And they're, like, wreaking havoc on LA. The authority has to jump into action. Of course, Apollo comes through. He's just, like, wrecking ships. I have to say, he's top two now. Him and John, there oh, we wow. are. wow. That's kind of like, That's kind of a job. He was always, that's like, like, a high marker. Top two, Apollo. Yeah, Apollo's dope. He was always, like, in my top five. But I really, like, enjoy his character. He's it. Um, and he was showing his ass in this, and not like a lie. He was truly like destroying all these ships and just really being like a really great hero. Um, that's kind of where the issue ends. It's uh, kind of It was kind of a quick read. Uh, and it shows that they were being invaded by another, from another earth. Uh, Jenny Sparks kind of understood, she kind of remembered these people. She's from the, I think the 13th century. So she's kind of always been around. She probably knows who these people are. You know, the British are coming. So, <laughs> 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 something like that. So we'll see where this goes. I again, I really enjoyed the issue. Um, I like the art. Apollo is best king. He's good. Uh, so him and yeah, Midnighter. I, I really liked it again. Story in the um, DC Prize Special this week too. Yeah, they're great. They're mm-hmm. annual. Uh, um, I would rate this issue a four out of five. Okay.
0: Period. Yeah.
2: It really set up like the next arc, I guess. We went straight into the action of it all. Uh, we got introduced to the villain and we'll go from there. So And one thing I'm really showing them yeah, being a superhero scene, yeah, too, uh,
1: too. This is one of my favorite comic book writers. He does the highlights some action scenes. He will write those down.
2: Yes. There was a scene in this where Apollo is wrecking shop and um, you know, Midnighter can't fly, but this other girl Swift can She's carrying them. And she's like Watching Apollo and freaking out, like, oh my god, Apollo just like killed all these people. And you see, Midnighter is smiling the whole time. <laughs> he, he was like, the look of how Midnighter's face is like, my man, my man, my man, because yeah. <laughs> Apollo is truly killing these people. So, <laughs> well, he liked that really well. So, like, I know that was the truth. So, yeah, I'm liking that. Okay, I might yeah. actually hop talk- in. Y'all gotta hop in authority is high <laughs>
1: take back. it's taking me back and let me see if i feel the same way about this hitch art that you're talking about you're not minding that much yeah it's,
2: it's 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 looking a lot not too bad back in the day so check
1: it okay. out y'all we'll see um okay and getting into our jumping back to the present and getting into our main book of the week we have betsy braddock number captain britain number four by teeny howard and vasco george off and
0: here we are We're almost coming to the
1: end Yeah, almost at the end we have one more issue but let oh, me wow. so let me tell you something before i even get into like the issue itself lz you've known me for a very long time you've known like that i'm a bestie fan the people who are listening you probably know that i'm a bestie fan you know that this book is giving me everything i've ever wanted like, wow, thing that I have ever talked about. Like, I see Betsy doing this is like this hero, like having her own little team of spies, saving mutants, saving the day, talking about being a model, going out, being famous, getting chased by the paparazzi. All that's happening in this series. And as we get to the end, I just kind of start thinking about, like, oh, so what's she gonna do now? <laughs> <laughs> like, it all now like oh I got what I wanted now what so (laughs) that was a very interesting like thing but this issue so I will say out of all four issues so far this one has probably been my least favorite um I think that the series is ending and so there were talks that there were plans for this to continue and they didn't know they didn't anticipate it always being a five issue miniseries and of course like if sales did enough then they were going to continue it on and it didn't get that so it's going to be set five issues and you can tell that like this is kind of written with the intention that they wanted to have more than five but since you knew you weren't getting five you kind of got to speed everything along so the pacing can feel a little bit disjointed at times and I had to read it like once or twice just to make sure I understood what was going on but once we get to it all betsy is meeting with tony stark in jersey she's basically like hey i need julian ventures to come out and be bait for me the furies have partnered with morgan Le Fay and they are attacking uh superhumans across the uk they've already attacked my brother they're coming after other people next i need you guys to be bait so we can like pull them out and do it and take them down he's like cool rachel is getting into her whole Ascani timeline witch psychic Things she's got going on, multiverse, whatever she does, she's like talking to some people and the like. She's in the library talking to the librarian. Um, so sure, you know, can question a like... librarian. <laughs> <laughs> I would say I think that like having a lot of fun. I will always give team one thing is like she she likes to build a world. She knows how to write something. But she can do some lore. She can put that in there. So I think that on stuff is going to be really nice for Rachel. I'm kind of sad. I'm not gonna say sad, that I miss it. But. I gotta say that like fans of Rachel won't get to get a little bit more of that because it was coming more into play here, and I think it gives Rachel something to do. Rachel is one of those characters who, whenever I talk to people about her, all they ever say is she was great in Excalibur in the '80s. And if that's all you got, I don't think that's that good because if your last good story <laughs> or the last, if all, if everybody's consensus, and that's your like your best time. Was in the 80s when you first debuted. Like something's got to change. You you ain't been doing enough. And so I think that this is something that Man, gives people to catch it. <laughs> <laughs> this is something that gives Rachel a unique storyline to like hone in on and like really make her stand out for the pack and like kind of legitimize her and give her a little bit of a personality along with it and I think that's something that was needed. Um but you know, they're all in the house getting ready for a big charity event that the Braddocks are throwing in Betsy's honor. We get a little bit of the family coming getting together, like Betsy's coming in for meeting with Tony. Brian's like, hurry up, the helicopter's here, we need to get out. She's like her and Rachel being like fun and flirty, so they decide they're gonna have a little quickie before they leave. Um they get to the party, the paparazzi's on there. They're talking about uh, the Braddocks, Megan, we thought you were pregnant. She's like, why would you think that? They call Betsy. She's like, I'm happy. I thought she was. Who said that?
0: She looked a little pregnant. She was acting like
1: it. Cause she didn't want a drink?
2: Yeah, some <laughs> <laughs> people just don't want to drink. <laughs> I
1: don't know. What to... <laughs> just...
2: Didn't Nightcrawler say like, "Oh, you like you can't drink because there's something else going on in here"? And she, then he left.
1: She wasn't drinking, so he was drunk, and just assumed that because she wasn't drinking,
2: she was pregnant. Oh, that's fair. We shouldn't be policing women's bodies. There you go, and that's it. Now we've said it,
1: but the tea is. She, she said, I don't know where y'all heard that she's not pregnant. Um, she comes in, she's like, you know, I'm Captain Britain. They're like, who are you with? She's like, this is my girlfriend, Rachel Summers. They go inside. Uh, people are coming up to Betsy. They're like, want her autograph. They want to take pictures with her. They're like, you know, I still got your magazine spread from when you were named Britain's most beautiful woman. It's hot. Rachel's like. This is life you deserve it but like we having fun let's go kick some ass they like changing they like down some champagne change into their clothes and they go out to fight the fury with the avengers because again she asked tony to um be the bait. So we get this cool, like, little page of, like, all the Avengers tacking the Fury with Betsy, and then they take it down. There's also a data page that comes in before that. Betsy's done a new magazine interview, and they have, like, 11 questions with Captain Britain. Mm. That was a really cute—these these are the type of data pages I like, like, a cute use of them, like something fun. And they use the David Nakayama cover that he did of her for the 2021 Hellfire Gala. It's so like, I like Yeah, I was like, that was a cute little thing that they did there. Um, after the teams have defeated the Fury, the Avengers leave, Jamie pops back up. He has created like a pocket dimension where they're keeping the Furies in with his abilities. And he also has Morgan's castle. Morgan the Face castle, he puts it back up and who walks out but Morgan and Doom. They're back in a relationship. Morgan's like, I'm here. Doom is like, if anybody tries to come mess with her, you're taking, you're doing war with Liberia. He was like, so leave her alone. Betsy's pissed, that's good, that's the girl. <laughs> 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 Betsy's pissed. she grabs Jamie, they all fly off. We get back to the Braddocks, they're kind of going over and they're like, you know, Morgan is this woman who has been using mutants as a component of her spell. She is trying to throw Britain back into chaos. Why would you do this? Jamie's reasoning, this is one of the issues why I also said I felt like it was kind of like running through the plot because he says like, oh, he feels bad about how he let Morgan get, um, what's the word, experimented on by apocalypse after they over- okay. And so, but it's also like, why would you feel bad about that? When have you like talked to Morgan? When have you had a yeah. conversation? When is anything like? And Jamie is the type of character where he's like chaos personified. So you can maybe like make the argument that something just snapped or switched with him. And he was like, oh, I do feel bad. Like, let me do something about this. But again. That's something that I think I would have liked to see, like some type of conversation of Jamie, like approaching Morgan or Morgan even approaching Jamie, because maybe she came up to him and she played into his heartstrings and was like, oh, this is why you need to do this for me. But nonetheless, it happened. We were where we're at. Um, they start talking about it all together. They're like, you know, Betsy's like, we need to, if we can't get Morgan out, we just need to protect people from her. Strike comes in. They talk about how Betsy used to be a spy. We're gonna see what happens. They have planned to infiltrate Morgan and then the issue ends with Brian dressed as Captain Avalon suit in the pocket dimension, looking like he's about to kill the Fury. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So, so I'm interested to see. We got a lot of things to kind of wrap up and get through with in the final issue, and I'm like wondering how it's gonna happen. Again, this is something that we saw a little bit with Knights of X. That was five issues. It we kinda like ran through the plot in the last four. Um, on the on the fourth issue of that before we got to the end and kind of just like wrap things up neatly. So I'm wondering if it's going to be a similar thing here because obviously you got like the situation with Morgan, you got like some Rachel Asconi stuff, you have like Brian and the Fury, you have her relationship with the public, you have the mutants who are in like Morgan is kidnapped, you still got like some Covenant Cava stuff in the background, you just have like Betsy. I think that again, team dialogue, dialogue can be a little bit heavy handed, but like if you, if I feel like if you're still reading by now, you should be used to it, and you should just kind of accept that this is how she writes and that's just what it is um but again her betsy is like in a much different place than when she started you can always tell that Tini was trying to like do this story of like rebuilding betsy from the ground up she had went through this change. she was back herself she was kind of broken she was kind of distant she didn't know who she was and now here she is she's in the space she's happy again she's confident again she's feeling sexy she's doing what she needs to do she's doing the job right people like her she doesn't need to keep saying it every five issues i think that is like, <laughs> my nerves so much and that if like if anything that'll be the only reason why i'm gonna kind of be excited when it's done is because it's like i don't have to, i don't gotta see her say this every time but again like even the stuff with her and rachel i i like rachel and betsy and i've liked them for a while i think i've said that too i remember in the beginning you know again it's rachel i think everyone has an adverse reaction to rachel i don't care what you say or how much you liked her it's phoenix in the 80s and Excalibur. Now, it's kind of like you see Rachel on the page and you be like, oh. Uh. So, when she was first coming around, it was like, uh But Betsy and Rachel, I think they're actually really cute together. They work. I do think that they need to kind of like, artists should remember certain things, like height. Rachel should be shorter than Betsy. She's 5'7", Betsy's like 5'11". I think a lot of people like draw her like very t- statuesque and tall. And I don't know if that feels a little stereotypical, like just because she's the more masculine, one, you know, she also got to be like big and tall. Let her be the pocket type that she wants to be, you know? Yes, we be so. out here. <laughs> so I think that would be something that's nice. But like them going into battles together, they doing like their little transformations. People were like posting panels on Twitter of like, the the two lesbian sailor scouts sailor Neptune sailor Uranus and like yes my girl sailor
2: Neptune is my favorite
1: yeah so it was like these are the vibes they should be giving and I was like yes feel that this is what we get this is you see it so
2: except uh, Uranus is taller than Neptune
1: yeah (laughs) then switch that Um, (laughs) but like other than that yeah like outside of those issues. I think the book itself is really fun. Like I said, I'm kind of getting everything I want. Like, I've always said I just wanted to see Betsy like being chased by the paparazzi. And like, people come up there and be like, oh, you famous. And like, look at them.
2: (laughs) And now you got it.
1: Now I got it. And so, no matter how it ends, I'm pretty sure I'll like reflect on Teeny's run as a whole when we get to the final issue and just like how it stands and everything like that. It was wobbly. We know that but we here and i'm glad she's ending it off where she's ending it i would give this a three out of five solid the art i think also improved again this is vasco's like first well not his first but like one of his first big marvel i think this is his first marvel gig but like one of his first few jobs in general and um you can tell like over the issues he's improving in certain spaces obviously his work is going to have like it's rough areas every now and again but He's getting there, and I think, like, in a few years, it's going to be, like, really, really good.
2: That's dope. Do you expect this to kind of have a open-ended ending or, like, a definitive, this is what Betsy's going to be doing next? And by open-ended, I mean, you know, how sometimes a five-issue miniseries might end with the hero and their friend saying, there's almost time for one more adventure, and then you see them yep. jump off into the sunset, or will it say, this is what I'm going to be doing next?
1: You know, it's interesting. I, I honestly don't know. I think that this run, this, and I and I think this issue was kind of, given. of course, they said they wanted this to continue. They make a really big, like, deal to remind the readers that Betsy was a spy in, like, one of the panels. Um where she's like getting strike and they're talking about infiltrating Morgans Castle, Brian is talking to Maggie, and she's like, is it true, and Brian's like, yeah, before your aunt was a knight or a lady with the sword, she was a spy, so I feel like that was kind of a hint that they were going to take the Captain Britain route more like spy stuff, and Mm. so, we'll see if like, we'll see if that like, that was the case, and they'll kind of, again, like I said, they're supposed to be infiltrating Morgans Castle next issue. So we're still going to see it a little bit, but I wonder if that was kind of going to like take over more full force and if we'll end up with that still, so somebody else can pick it up later, or if the ending has changed around a bit and they're just going to like kind of like cap it off. So the next time Betsy does appear, somebody can do
2: whatever they want. Okay. I'll definitely be paying attention next month to that next issue to see how it all kind of comes together.
1: <laughs> I'm... um I'm interested. I'm, like, really intrigued to see, like, what happens and what ends. Again, like I said, I think Bessie's one, of those, the, Bessie's one of those characters, she's been around for, like, decades now. She's been a part of the X-Men. She has been on X-Force. She has been, like, Exile. She has, like, been in X-Club. She's done the bad girl thing. She's been a ninja. She did, like, pink suits. She has done a lot. This, I think, was the big capsizing moment with Excalibur and Knights of X. She did the big other world War. I think here you're getting like, again, like general superheroics of like just the captain and her day to life of mutants and like being a mutant Captain Britain and what that means. So, what comes after that, you know? We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know. But all right, those are the books of the week. Let's go ahead and take a break and then we'll come on back. Let's do it.
2: y'all welcome back to the watch section of the show and this week we watched episodes six and seven of the justice league and they were more uh aquaman centric episodes which is interesting considering that he like isn't a team member I know, but he got like i was like
1: um i was like why why is he getting the episodes to himself what happened yeah we want to to let y'all know he's here
2: I mean they, they did that's for sure they wanted to let everybody know that he's like a just a justice league they know you no know, staple i guess yeah i mean do you prefer him to be on the team or do you prefer him to be like on in this capacity where he's like auxiliary to the team i don't mind either one
1: i think when he's on the team it's cool that's fine I ancillary, <laughs> <Kinda> ancillary. <laughs> Wait. (laughs) 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 Oh, no. It's like, either one is fine. I think, like, him on the team is cool. I, like, I, I don't think a lot of times when he's on the league, they, like, really hone into too many of his relationships. It's happened more in recent years. But, like, I remember in the past... Arthur wasn't super close with anybody. He doesn't get along with Superman, though. That's like be- pretty consistent across the board. Um, but like over the years, they lean more into his relationships with like Bruce and especially Diana. And those tend to be really good. But if he's just off doing his king thing and he pops up every now and again, I'm cool with that too.
2: Okay. I always want to do Aquaman fans like want him to be like a staple Justice League member. That they just say, hey, he can. He could pop up when they, you know, go swimming, but other than that, he doesn't... I think about them like
1: the acknowledgement, but understand that because of his responsibilities, he's probably not always going to be on the team, so he, like, might send in a proxy or something. I know a lot of people actually want Mara on the Justice League. Oh. Yeah, they're like, well, if Arthur's going to go be King of
2: Atlantis, then Mara should go and be, like, the Justice League liaison. Mm. Or uh, what about jackson being aquaman of the justice league instead of
1: that would be cool too but i'm not with any of the characters who are currently on the league like i think if i would if jackson was on the league i wouldn't want him with like the other quote-unquote big seven i would want something like how um how they did with that run when it was
2: like Vixen, red arrow red tornado black, Mary, black Mary. I want. you want like a you want like a completely different justice league team not just a new iteration of the big seven Exactly. Where he was the Aquaman, Priyara Yara's the Wonder Woman or something like that, you want, like, a new, Exactly. Teenage. I want to sleep to be deaf. That's fair. That's fair. Um, well, OK, these episodes were um, written by Kevin Hops and directed by Dan Reba. And they came out in December of 2001. Now, it opens with. A nuclear submarine was attacked in the Atlantic and the Justice League ended up going down to like go and help the people down there because there was uh, an attack by aqua people. So <laughs> they answered a distress call and the Justice League go down and help. They ended up getting attacked. Of course, the Justice League kind of wrecked shop and then they, have, they end up being having to come to Aquaman, have a conversation about like, you know, what's going on. I really did like where they try to clear everything up, the uh, Green Lantern takes all of the, ref- not refugees, they were like the Marines, uh, carries them out of the ocean, and before they leave, Aquaman and Superman have a conversation, and Superman is like, you know, you could come to the embassy, make some, have some conversations with some people, and Aquaman's like, I'm not gonna bow like some some beggar, and Superman's note said, no, stand before the mother king. So like, yeah, that's right, you better clock him, tell him like, to stand up. Okay. Clark. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and then, sure enough, Aquaman comes down to the U.S. Embassy, doesn't, like, set up any meetings, just walks straight there and demands to be heard and seen and they have this conversation. And before they can even get done, he decides, I don't even want to be here and I don't want to have this conversation anymore. Um, he like what we needed to do. He pushed Wonder Woman out the way when he was trying to leave. Which I was like... <laughs> <laughs> He didn't move. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Whoa, uh,
1: that was funny <laughs> to me." I'm not gonna lie to you. When he shot, oh wow! And then John was like, "Oh," <laughs>
2: <laughs> John did was like, "Whoa," <laughs> it was wild. Um, I did a, like that they still give these characters like character and uh, really have them interacting with each other. You know, again, this is what I'm missing from the team books, you know, the, the character and there. Um, so then I guess he leaves the embassy after he shoved Wonder Woman out of the way. Uh, Deadshot, I guess, attacks him, like, shoots him with a missile that ends up, like, hitting him. He ends up having to go to, like, a hospital and getting help. What well, um, was well, so it, oh actually, that part hasn't happened yet. Yeah. No, go ahead. Continue. Um, so, Orm discovers that Aquaman had been hurt and uh decides that like oh i'm gonna be like the new king in his in his absence i have to say is this like aquaman's status quo somebody always coming for him it's usually always his brother yeah like literally whenever
1: he's king it's just people being like no you should <laughs> <laughs> that's all like literally all And then so i would say like that's one of the things that i'm kind of glad they moved away from in his recent stories i think dan abnett during his run like really put the kibosh on that because again it was always it's typically orm arthur is like there and orms they're kind of challenge each other for the kingdom but then when abnett came in he obviously had orm still kind of do it but then he also had like the people of atlantis like he I always credit Abner for really building out Atlantis undersea world and like a cabinet he had like their person who was in charge of like the war creatures the commanders-in-chiefs the science people um and a lot of that and he dealt with like Aquaman was bringing in a lot of progressive ideals. He wanted them to be more bonded with the surface people. He had created an embassy where they could kind of visit and try Atlantean foods. He was trying to build that bridge. And those people were like, oh, absolutely not. So they would challenge him to be like, well, you shouldn't even be king. And then doing all that. And then that made it worse. And then he comes back. Then Mara gets the throne. Because they're like, well, let's have a queen instead. But Kelly Sue kind of came on. And they kind of had them both just be like, I don't even want to do this for real. They've always got <laughs> that they didn't want to
2: do it. <laughs> they just <did. laughs> I mean that's kind of the vibe I always got from especially yeah. Arthur. It was like, I don't really want to do this for they, real. But they, they've always
1: given like, I don't really want to do this. And so like it's kind of been kibosh and now that they've got Andy and Jackson's Aquaman, it's given them more opportunity to do other stuff as opposed to that.
2: Okay. I always just wondered if that was just his thing and like what does he want to do? Um But um, we later see that the Justice League goes off. They're trying to figure out who attacked Aquaman. Aquaman gets out of his tank. He's ready to go. John is there watching him like, no, I'm here to keep you. What did he do? Sucker punch him in the face. It and, wasn't uh, it was right in front of his
1: he was standing it right was in front of it his. was <laughs> he, said, he it was a, it was a sneak shot okay it's like
2: they were having a conversation moved,
1: and John was like
2: not moving <laughs> no i'm i'm not moving because i'm going to keep you here and he punched him
1: okay he we like to be
2: fighting like whoa. what else was that? that's <laughs> not fight worse
1: i it's actually, nasty you told me you weren't going to move okay so that means
2: go sit your ass <laughs> down. You're not gonna move. No. <laughs>
1: it means I'm gonna make sure you
2: move. <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't know. I didn't appreciate that. Um, especially with earlier, John had already kind of like wasn't really feeling aquamera because and it makes he
1: just, so be- mad talking about oh you, you that Atlanteans are keeping the plutonium. John, you in the military. You a cop for space. You know exactly how this works. We're not just giving not this a cop up. He's,
2: that a up. He's a firefighter. The Jedi. <laughs> and he's a Marine, a Marine. You're supposed to be doing the right thing. Of course, he goes down and checks the ship for the plutonium, it's gone. That was Still, it, But at the Atlanteans, exactly, the the king one. Why doesn't he have his people under control? Why do y'all
1: even have nuclear weapons?
2: That's not important.
1: <laughs> like, like, what are you talking about? Like, what, we, what do you mean? Go ahead. It's not you important. About
2: the story. Some, some, sometimes war is necessary. <laughs> anyway, um, I so uh Aquaman is going back to Atlantis to kind of figure out what's going on. He gets back to the throne. Um, I could forget if no, this episode hadn't ended yet. So he gets back to the throne and he challenges Orm except all of the people end up siding with Aquaman instead of Orm. I think this was the end of episode six before the next one kind of started. I was and um, about this episode, I thought it was so interesting, like when they
1: were trying to draw who shot Aquaman and they were like all chasing Deadshot through the sewers, that Superman, Wonder Woman, nor Martian Man could stop him. But who got him off that bike? Batman came back, <laughs> and like as I was watching it, I was just like, what is happening? <laughs> I was like, why is Death Shot beating up Wonder Woman right now and like <laughs> getting away? Why is like Superman flying to catch Death Shot and not catching him in seconds? But I was like, I get it, everybody got hit at their moment, but then I was
2: like, oh, Batman takes him down. And I was like, that makes more sense. Got it. Well, yeah, Batman gonna be the one to take him down, and. Sometimes you have to show that even the superpowered aren't always going to get it right all the time and win, you know? Otherwise, Literally. do we really need the, anybody else if Superman's here? Because Wonder Woman was going down bad. She was. I think, I think they end up talking about this in this season of the show. This season or the next one where they have a moment where Superman says, I don't really need none of y'all. <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, I'm sure we'll get there eventually. Um, Anyway, this the next episode opens with Orm kind of talking about like I'm taking over. Aquaman is being like taken away. Um, Orm ultimately ends up taking Aquaman and chaining him to an active volcano. Him and his baby. (laughs) And I was like, (laughs) he hates you. Like this is this is a kind of rivalry where like. I don't think you can ever really come back from right like this isn't some like oh we just kind of see each other maybe we can make up this isn't this isn't rogan carol this is like <laughs> <laughs> you know this is worse than that but you know
1: the um orm killing the baby thing was like for this cartoon that's not how it happened in the comments black man to kill the baby um but
2: you're wondering orm, why they changed it here
1: orm and Arthur's relationship is mostly dependent on, again, them being like half-brothers and both being heirs to this throne and like one just wanting it more than the other. And Orm plays a lot of political games. That also was something that kind of got toned down. They actually ended up having Orm get exiled from Atlantis and he like found some girlfriend on land and he was like dating her and helping her raise her son. Then he became like a family man. And then when Mara took the- He was th- not a dad,
2: a stepdad. He's a dad that stepped
1: up. He was <laughs> the dad that stepped up. And when Mara got the throne, he was like, oh, no. He gave up and tried to come fight her. (laughs) Oh, never mind. (laughs) He was like, oh, absolutely not. And he could try to, like, come back and fight her. That's what her miniseries is about. But then she ended up, like, beating him in a battle. And she was just like, you're not getting the throne back. Go be with the family. Like,
2: go grow. And so that's kind of where he's been since then. I've always wondered what would happen with them there. Maybe they did this here with, instead of with Black Manta, um, just to give Aquaman something of a reason to like get his hand off. Because I think they really wanted to have, you know, back then anyway. Hook, Aquaman,
1: Peter so, David. I think we were talking about Peter David last week when I was talking about the Dazzler and Shadow Sword stuff. Peter David was the enemy because Hook. Man, Aquaman is all because of him. During the 90s, he did this Aquaman series, Time and Tide. And like a lot of people would tell you that that is like the elite. Aquaman story. No, oh, it's that, it's if that, that story. That's you, if that's what you want to read, like that's, but it's like honestly one of the worst things in the world. He completely creates Arthur to be a Namor clone. He's like mean, he's nasty, he's got this big giant pirate hook hand running around. He's like has all this complicated stuff. I will always say, Jeff Johns might be a nasty man nowadays, but I will always credit him for really legitimizing like. Aquaman and who Arthur is. Didn't like have to make grunge him up or make him like super cool or like super mean and all this stuff. It was like, no, Arthur is just some normal guy. He's from Rhode Island. (laughs) Yeah. Like his dad lived, like he was, he, his dad is a lighthouse keeper. Like, what are you talking about? He lives in a small town, you know what I'm saying? So he got over that and was like, this is who he is. And then every writer who came after that really, like, honed into it. Jeff Parker showed a lot of the life that he lived at home and, like, showed him in high school, at a high school reunion and stuff like that, the people in the town he met. um, Dan Abnett was the one who built out the Atlanta stuff and was like, okay, well, this is how he acclimates into that because, of course, he always knew Atlantis was a thing. He just wasn't a part of it. And it's like, this is how he's coming into it now. Kelly Sue was kind of like, okay, he did it. He hated it. Now he's sitting up with his wife. And, like, they're having a good time, and they finally had their baby again. And then Brandon Thomas came in and was like, okay, they're retiring and raising their kids. Here's Jackson to be Aquaman.
2: Damn. Okay. That's a, a storyline. It's really like progressed.
1: And like, and that's what I've always said. None of these writers, <clears throat> at least when I would go back and read interviews, none of them ever said that they had talked to the writer before their run. And like, was like, oh, what you doing? They all just kind of like picked up something and just ran with it. But the way the story naturally progresses and does it really well, it's fantastic. The only skip Bun if you ever go back and read, like. that's a dark era. That was the dark era. That was the one, like, kind of mishap that they had. But other than that, like, I
2: didn't I, like that costume. The co- <sighs> I really didn't like that costume.
1: But like that whole initiative of like what DC was doing for their books at the time, and like what people with the like, it was all just really messy and like really bad. So like we just skip over that all together. But like everybody else, again, like Parker, Abnett, Kelly Sue. Thomas.
2: Um, am I forgetting someone? I don't think I'm No, because that John's one got me into Aquaman. John, John,
1: like. and, and John starts it. I always tell modern day readers, like, if you're going to read anything from Aquaman, you should probably start with, like, Peter Day I mean, not Peter Oh, my God. You start with Jeff John stuff and go from there. I always do also tell people to go back though and read the Sub Diego arc that came out in the early two thousands because that was the storyline where San Diego like sunk into the bottom of the ocean. These people had all mm. been connected with Aquaman's DNA, so all a bunch of them survived. And he had been like kicked out of Atlantis. So he kinda like took over the sub Diego as his new area. And that's where we met Lorraine, Aqua Girl. And like she's one of the great characters of Aquaman, more a lot of people love her. That's probably like the only pre brightest day thing that i would say is like a must read there are some other good things in there i'm not gonna lie but like that's one of the things that i say like if you want a major story arc that's one of the ones is aqua girl back yes well kind of sorta so uh... (laughs) (laughs) um, so during Brandis thomas's aqua men run there she's mentioned like there's a scene where one of the guys who lives in atlantis he's talking to his son you know Aquaman. this is when the death of the justice league happened so like one of the kids is looking and he finds out that aquaman is dead and he's like who protects us now he's like you know we still got mara we still have jackson we still have like Atlantis Bl- on our side now we have garth we have tula and we have lorena marquez and so
2: so she exists
1: so she exists but we've never seen her and then brandon thomas he did this one like backup story and they saw aquaman basically saw like what the future would look like and it had like all the aquaman characters and lorena was there with them so that was like the last time we actually like saw her on panel but he would like it ends it off he's like oh you know that was a dream it hasn't happened yet but it's gonna happen so she's she's made her little pops she's around i really want her to pop okay her and jackson okay they the team.
2: Oh, that's his Aqua Girl. I wonder where they're going to pop them back up. New Aquaman series?
1: There have been some rumblings going around. You know, the Titan series just started that Tom Taylor is writing. And um, Garth isn't on that team, but he appeared in the first issue. And he said that he was, like, working on something with somebody else and doing some stuff for the ocean. So people have been speculating that something Aquaman related should be coming up soon. I don't know, we'll see i um I hope that whatever they do, they do really keep the focus again, this whole thing with Arthur has been how he kinda is he's grown, he's settling out of it where it's, I think and I think that's something they've done with a lot of now I'm gonna say with a lot of the big seven, but like Superman's another one who I think has been kind of getting that role like he's older, this is my next generation they're taking over. this is what they do, so I hope they kind of continue that with Arthur and like really honing on the family because again dc is all about the families
2: yes superman is in his dad era right now so aquaman probably should be too you know he's a literal dad he's got a daughter he does yes andy wait have to going here but um the anyway back to the episode <clears throat> um so Orm came back aquaman breaks out because he chopped his own hand off because he went to save him and his baby and he comes in, starts, tries to fight Orm, they're gonna set off their um, machine. And I have to say, I would like to come for a lot of my faves that can make force fields and say, well, why come whenever somebody tried to attack them and they were distracted, they didn't have a force field around themselves too? Boom, what do we see John do? John put a force field around Batman while he was in there tinkering, trying to stop the machine. And Orm used a trident on him and what happened? Force field blocked it. So I would like you to at least acknowledge that <laughs> some of them do do what they need to do out on the field. I
0: don't
2: force field powers. I like them. I think they're
1: very handy. I just think a lot of the characters who get force field powers don't use them in useful ways.
2: That's fair. fair. I feel like a lot of writers don't really like force fields that often, but whatever, we'll get there. Um, I did find it interesting that when Orm and Aqua were fighting, Aquaman just let him die. (laughs) And he was losing that fight. And when uh, Orm finally was hanging off that cliff, it's always, oh, please, brother, help me, even though, like, you were going to tie me to this lava, this active volcano. You were going to kill my baby. But now that you're about to die, it's, oh, my God, please, brother, help me.
1: When I was gone, you was doing all all this. But when I come around, now you want to post up. What's up? You quiet. What's up? Now you need my help. (laughs) Classic. That's Orm. And like, again, like when I was watching these two episodes, I ended up going back to read like some old Aquaman comics, specifically with Orm. And I was just like, Orm was just a nasty man. There's this one Mm -hmm. issue um, during that Sub Diego time period where Orm uses a magic spell to like switch lives with Arthur. So Arthur is the Ocean Master, and Orm is Aquaman. (laughs) (laughs) And it was just like, why would you do that?
2: (laughs) Do you like sibling rivalries like this? I do. Or do you think the rivalries, do they not need to be siblings?
1: I like, so I, well, kind of, sort of. I like (laughs) that it happens, but I also like when they still kind of acknowledge that, like, you might you are my sibling and we might be beefing, but like nobody else can still mess with you. Yes. And that's what I appreciate. When they are siblings and they just like hate each other completely, I'm like, oh well that's kind of sad. But like if it's mm-hmm. siblings I always think of um they're not siblings, but I always think of like the mystique rogue dynamic and during the carry era for Blinded by the Light where Blinded by the Light when the Marauders were fighting the X Men and Scout um what's that man's name? The one that dates the ninja girl gray crow gray crow After to shoot road and mystique was like no not my daughter you don't kill her only i get to do that uh, yes <laughs> like <laughs> that's the kind of thing like nobody else if anybody's gonna kill my brother it's gonna be me you are not gonna touch
2: him okay and that's that yes yes i appreciate those relationships at least is aquaman or aquaman and orm like that Kind of, sort
0: of.
1: <laughs> It kind of depends on, like, what Orm is done. <laughs> OK. <laughs> Sometimes Arthur's like, just let it be. Sometimes Arthur's like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs>
2: I, like I said, we said at the end of this episode, he just let him die.
1: Uh, so. he- you know, one thing that was funny to me about this episode is like, I know they've been kind of like switching up which league members are in which episodes, but I specifically remember watching thinking, where are Hawk Girl and Flash? Why aren't they in ep- this episode? And then right. when the league got out of the ship to go and fight the Atlanteans in the water, I was like, oh, this is why Hawk Girl and Flash couldn't be in this episode. I was like, imagine Hawk Girl in this water getting her wings wet. What's she going to What's she going to do? And then I was like, what's black I was like She's can-
2: already useless. You gonna make it worse by putting her in water? Don't go that far.
1: She her mace is good on land. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We gotta find a useful. <laughs> <You know, laughs> she can play whack a mole it does what it needs. And I was like, Oh, Flash can't like run in the water. I was like and he can't I was like, you know, again, Superman can probably hold his breath forever. Diana is probably got some apparatus, John's
2: got his force field, he can't breathe underwater. Honestly, though, if we really want to talk about it, I really appreciate, A, I really appreciate that Superman isn't breathing underwater, and also like that he can not breathe in space. <clears throat> um, I don't think he should be able to do that. Um, also, they probably only had enough masks for <laughs> <with> three people. <laughs> people. <laughs> <laughs> they don't make a lot of money, so <laughs> everybody can't come. <laughs> don't, don't,
1: don't, Who well, no, Bruce probably could have brought some more. They, they spend all his money.
2: He, that's, he the one, that's the guy he got.
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> this is as much as he bought. He could afford four. <laughs> that's right. Bruce. Yeah, that is Bruce. But, oh, no, yeah, I thought that was good. I also thought, like, the scene with Orm, like, trying to drown them was really funny. And they were, like, trying to get out. He could not. <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> this has some really great stuff. I liked when they were able to kind of go to a different, like, territory, you know, going underwater and stuff. And it does kind of show you the Aquaman is really in his own corner um he's sh- i think he should still kind of play nice with the justice league i don't think they should ever be kind of enemies um he's only be beefing with members of the league not ever really with the team if
1: that makes sense. A, um, I, I i typically enjoy like when we kind of get those league versus atlanta stories because again like and it's so interesting because i think there's so much more uh, well done than like when they try and do Lee versus the mascara stories Paradise Island and like have the Amazon mm-hmm. act like that never seems to make sense with me. But like Atlantis is its own nation. Like it has its own people. it is, a thing it's completely different. So like I kinda like when he gets to play that again, he tends to go against Superman a lot of times when that happens, Superman is on the side of the military and so Arthur's like Yeah, I don't care.
2: <laughs> um I'm on Clark's side, so
1: Yeah, we've noticed I'm that.
2: just letting y'all know that now
1: we've known sorry because he always
2: loses so uh up.
0: <laughs>
1: he it won't happen but regardless I, <laughs> like, in these episodes it made me realize two things one dc's atlantis like clears yeah the stuff that they've done with it again the writers who have come in and added to the world and like really mixed that in it like it just eats up everything and then b i think i would like a new aquaman cartoon of some sort
2: Okay, I was I didn't just have that one that like uh, King of the Seas or something. Yeah, I was about to say that was
1: like the HBO thing that's supposed to tie into I like that design though, like the sea green hair and like how he looked in there. That was really cool. I actually think I wouldn't be mad if they brought it into the comics. It wouldn't make sense, but I would not be mad. Um, <laughs> but like, I think that it's something that could really be sustained. I think he has the character um, like villains for it the supporting cast for it i was thinking about young justice and how they did atlanta stuff in their show and i was like i really enjoyed that and how they worked it in i think this could be something that's sustained i'm like
0: yeah
2: that's what i want okay i think he probably would do well with his own kind of series yeah um aquaman stuff i wonder if he could work in games was that too hard to do underwater
1: no, I, the underwater thing is like, like even his comics i'll never forget there was a writer who did an interview and he said that when he was doing his aquaman run um they when he started out like they specifically told him to do aquaman stories on land because the ones of him underwater don't sell as well yeah i just wonder if people just not like to be underwater I think it, like, makes... I think the fantasy is a little too, like, raw for some people. But the thing is, again, like, a lot of people don't really read them, so they're just kind of... Like, they're very grounded. It's like... Mm-hmm. Maybe think, it's underwater. <laughs> 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 but it's, like, political really, really cool intrigue and stuff that a lot of people like. It's cool. I always recommend it. If you got DC Infinite, go check out a
2: couple of films. Well, I really enjoyed these episodes. I... Um, I mean, we don't really, really need to rate these. I just will say that... Uh, I really liked uh, The next episodes are really fun. It's a Justice League versus Injustice League uh, episodes. So that'd be great. Uh, Make sure you guys watch that. It's episodes eight and nine. Uh, But this show is like, it's kind of iconic. Top five superhero shows.
1: It's age one. I was watching it. I was like, the fight scenes look good. I was like, the voice still holds up. The animation looks good. I was just like, yeah, this again, like I immediately went back and started reading Aquaman
2: comics. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did the same thing last week after uh, the John centric episodes. Like, oh, yeah, I need to clock back in. Because, again, it's just really well done and makes you remember just how great these characters are. Um, it always is nice when we have great adaptations, you know, compared to the mid ones.
1: It not happen all the time.
2: It does not. Um, all right, y'all. Well, then that brings us to the end of the episode. Please make sure you guys rate and subscribe us wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Another Relaunch. You can email us at another relaunch at gmail.com. You can find us on YouTube at Another Relaunch at TV. You can find me on most social media platforms at UncannyLZ. Keenan, where can they find you?
1: As always, you know you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Kena Lance. There's an underscore
2: at that. All right, y'all. Let's get up out of here. We'll catch you next week. Peace. Bye.